Hello, hello, and welcome back to The Coco Show, hosted by myself, Colette Creighton, and my co-host, David Schwartz. This is a show where the banter at the top of the episode never ends, and neurodivergent or not, we are here to make you feel less alone about your human experience. We have no expectations, and neither should you. You are listening to one super cute episode of... The Coco Show! Today we are speaking with Asher Jordan, a.k.a. A Lot of Bees. Asher wears many hats. He is a DJ, producer, VJ, or lighting engineer, and probably like five other crazy things. But currently he spends the majority of his work life as the stage and technical director for Supernova Seattle. He has worked on stage with some incredibly famous folks, such as Snoop D-O-double-G, Vincent Donofrio, and LPGOB, just to name a few off the top of my head. But aside from being a mega talent, he is a neurodivergent king with and a dear friend whose brain we wanted to to pick today. God, can't speak. This is what happens my first time. You're doing great, babe. Thank you. Welcome to the show, Asher. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. I think I'm going to swap out DJ for neurodivergent king on all of my socials. Mm. I think that's a better... It's better for marketing, probably. And I like honestly, it. Honestly, more accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yes, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, um, this, is, this is exciting. This is the first episode that like David's taken the reins. Like he wrote the script. It's a really big deal. I was like, Colette, I never have guests on the show. And she's like, well, okay, if you have guests on the show, then you need to like, I don't know these people. You to need do to the work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because I can't write a script about someone <sighs> I know nothing about. And I did it. I and really did. he did it, and I felt very loved. Aww. Acts of service is a love language for me. Boom. And I added bonus, you fucking ha, just as a as a little intro to a you fucking ha. I was listening to these boys' amazing fucking mix from New Year's, and I heard a track that I recommended to David, and I loved it so much, and it made me like, oh my god, he listens to me. Um, I which one was it? I want to know. Lit up. Lit up. There was like honestly, oh, well, there was like three. I don't know what that one. I don't know the name I'm of it. How does it go? You have to bop it. it. That it's that. It was that one. I'm lit up. I'm in the middle of it. Oh yeah. Oh my god. I've been singing that one. Like that's been one Thank of the you. main ones that's been stuck in my head that Thank you played. You. Total like Thank vibe you. check during the set too. I thought it was just like we I've I will listen to that set over and over again. Honestly, it's so much fun and it's so good. And like I don't know. I remember making it with you live and also having so much fun. So I was like, obviously I'm it biased, was but. it was a blast. There's like it's sometimes even if it's good, it's still kind of like uh, to listen back to and, you know, or watch your own performance of any kind. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. even if it's good, it's it. Y there's always, you know, everybody has some version of that layer, whether it's like, well, I want to you're thinking about it in terms of checking your ego, whether or not that's a problem or you're you're looking to be critical you learn in a, a lot way. about someone when you play B2B with them. I'll just oh, say yeah, that right there. And I learned a lot about you, Asher, and I think you're an incredible DJ. And it is oh. it was an honor to play with you. So your thanks. It was yeah. honor to play with you. Oh, your chemistry was so good. I, I could I could definitely like hear it. I listened to it. It was fucking shamelessly dancing in between sets at the gym today. Um, 
literally, I've, I said, I said all this in my second intro bit, so I guess fuck that now. But like Austin even said at the time, he was just like hanging out. He was like, hey, you guys sound really good together, like live while we were playing it. And like he doesn't go out of his way to tell me I'm doing a good job at Supernova unless he actually thinks that the set was good. So Tech Daddy's well, he hears approved. he hears everything you do. <laughs> right. you, you, when those folks speak up, you so know true. you did something decent that and that's exciting yes he's certainly not my yes man and that's probably a great thing so. it is <laughs> we, we have to have partners that keep us humble my husband keeps me humble too um all right well actually ye fucking haws and hyperfixation time i have two ye fucking haws okay. one monroe finally got a fucking pot shop <laughs> well dang it's technically Didn't... it's technically a snohomish address Oh. But, ah, but I, yeah, okay. But I live in the sticks, <laughs> and um, I have been having to either get pot on my way home, Tragic. or I have to leave my house to get it. Tragic. And it, I know, and it's just, <laughs> I, know, it's been horrible. But you know what? Uh, now it's eleven minutes from my house. It, it was actually, better. it was actually really funny last night. So I went. I drove up the hill. It's on like some weird ass road called Trombley. What? Anyway, so um, I park. So I parked in a residential parking like this house with like many cars and these like giant dudes rolled down the window. They're like, hey, you can't park here. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. They're like, yeah, we live here. And I was like, oh, my bad. And I'm on the fucking phone with Kyle. And Kyle's like, you're done. In the background, I'm like, shut up, Kyle. So, so that laugh to, is going to peak for sure. And I had to get in my car and like shame back out into the main road and then like go around the corner. And cars kept coming the other way. Anyway, it was embarrassing. But the pot shop was nice. There were only ladies working there. And oh. I got 15%. Do you, off. do you like to ask your bud tender questions? Is that absolutely? Yeah. I will, I will never miss an opportunity to riff with a stranger. Facts. That's fair. <laughs> um, and, okay. And then uh, my, oh, oh, go sorry, ahead. Go no, ahead. No, no, go no, ahead. no, 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 no. We'll save it. I'll save this question for later. So. Okay. Write it down so I don't I forget. will. Thank you. Um, <laughs> number two is someone approached me yesterday at the gym for advice on, like, how to use a machine. And that just, wow. it, it made me feel like, wow, that means I not only know what I'm doing, I look like I know what I'm doing. And this mm. bitch looked at me out of everyone at the gym and said, this bitch is going to tell me what to do. Good for you. And no, was, but that has never happened to me. So <laughs> I was like, <laughs> good for you. I was like, that means it's working. Uh, yeah. Well, she was probably just like, damn, look at that chick with the banging body. I want to do what she's doing. Well, if that's the case, then ye fucking hot of that. You fucking hot. It, it would have been really great if you were like using the machine totally wrong <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. Like you were like, you know, you'd like tie, you know, loop yeah. the 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 coil or the cable around a yeah. dumbbell. <laughs> You're like laying on the ground and like doing some crazy thing. She's like, oh, thank God, somebody knows how to use this fucking thing. <laughs> Excuse me, I've wondered which one do you use. <laughs> that the, the imagery of that is hysterical and i love it and i could see that being an snl bit and i'm really here for it we should send that yeah in. that's should. actually you should oh, but, quickly uh, quickly i mean we said it so it's yeah. copyrighted yeah right because it yeah. was said mm -hmm. on it a was podcast said. Yep. this is being recorded yeah it's being recorded <laughs> cc copyright yeah um, saying it on a podcast is um that's nine tenths of the law period mm. 
I should delete the first few podcasts we made then. Oh, yeah. You know, that's just how that goes. (laughs) And then my hyperfixation bleeds into everything else I fucking said already. It's just been the same for a few weeks now. And it's been finding music on Spotify because Tech Daddy. So technically, David slash funded by Orion Entertainment. (laughs) Um added me to the spotify plan oh yes for the family no she's a, uh, she should be hired as a music just... curator though she's got f- fucking great taste that's what i was gonna say earlier i stole like three or four songs from your birthday party and i put them in that set because i was like that's i was i was shocked not like not that i had low expectations for you but i just you found some sneaky shit and i was like whoa like damn coco like okay I, I have good, good taste. Yeah. Um, and it's been really fun making new playlists and enjoying new artists and sharing cool finds with you. And whichever one of you did the Missy Elliott at the end there, was that you? Oh, that was that was uh that was me. I yeah. think I remember because David, you were freaking out about that one. It's incredible. Sounds like me. It's yes. incredible, and I need it for my elder millennial gay list. So, uh, so please <laughs> can I take two seconds to talk please. about that song really please. quickly? Because like there's it's so if you you might have tried to find it, right? Um, I didn't even like, bother trying. And you can't right now. And so the the reason is, so first of all, let's talk about who, so obviously the song is by Missy Elliott, but let's talk about who made the remix. Mm -hmm. So the remix that I played is by this uh, amazing producer called Proppa. Right. Um, it's proper P R O P P A. I think that's not Um, Christian side to loom. Is it? I don't think so. No, this, this guy is, I believe around our age, you know what I mean? Um, And uh, the point is, is he is mind bogglingly talented. Um, I have so many different remixes and bootlegs that he's made. um, And it's, it's one of those, he's one of those artists for me who it's tough because when I'm, you know, putting together a crate to play out, I, there's like, I have yet to play out one of his like edits of a song and for it to not go off, mm. right? It's one thing if it doesn't fly. It's one thing if the crowd keeps dancing. Right. It's another thing if every single one, right? Like, like the loses crowd, their like, mind. turns and looks and is like, oh my God, right? And and so it's tough because you want to just put them all in the crate, but you can't do that because then they might as well go see his show, which they should, <laughs> right? If you want to go see all those and dance, then fine, you know, hopefully... You know, he gets. Well, I think what he, what is even rarer about that is I take it you're saying they don't have to have heard it before for it, them to lose exactly. It, you know? And no, that's a real his, right. His takes on things turn heads, and it's just like every everything he puts out. Like I, I always listen to it because I'm like, okay, like maybe this is the one that I'm like this is pretty good, but it's I I'm not gonna play it, and it hasn't happened yet. I just mm-hmm. I have his, everything he's put out that I can get. So the point is is. That Missy Elliott remix mm-hmm. started blowing up to the point that somewhere along the line, somebody with the power to do so contacted him and said, this can't, you, you know, can't have this on SoundCloud anymore. Oh, wow. Which is, and, and that's the thing is like, that's, that's you know, you and we, we know this as producers, right? That's the dream right that's why you make bootlegs right right? you make bootlegs of songs that you like because 
you know, you you're, you want to make tracks that you, you want to play and other people want to play. You have an idea that you, that you know is good. And maybe if you're lucky, somebody, especially the artist, might notice your song and say, hey, that's incredible, actually. Right. Let's let's get this. Let's make this real. Right. Sure. So all I like, I, I'm not like, I don't know Prapa. I'm just saying stuff that I learned because I listened to him go on a podcast or, or an Instagram live and talk about this stuff. So this isn't like secret information that he's talked about this. But so, you know, that's why you can't find the Missy Elliott freak on proper edit because it was getting too much attention right. um you know so right. if you want that song you know hit him up on uh on instagram right uh you know or or soundcloud or whatever you you know find him hit him up and see if you know see if he'll shoot it to you uh mm-hmm. because like that like he deserves all the attention for that like like i just played the song it's such a good song so anyway i just had to say that because a credit and b like how awesome is it to like that he made that bootleg and it got enough attention that, they, that he was told you're getting too official with this one hey you know yeah. um that's I think the dream that's just organic I, explosion right there. i think he said that at one point if you googled missy elliott freak on his song would come up before Oh, I bet that pissed her the fuck. Well, that's what I was oh, going to say. It's that's her, that's it's piggybacking the, you know, off what Asher said. Own the rights and stuff, but Piggy- but and, but if it did piss her off, she has a right to be like pissed about it. It's her it's her song. Facts. But you know, anyway, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. So anyway, sorry to interject. Oh, you're that, good. Like, I, I was cool. also interjecting. Uh, he, the that was what I was going to say earlier is that that's the other reason DJs tend or you know why well, remixes are really important for DJs to get discovered. It's because of SEO. People are searching for Missy Elliott's. Uh, uh, sorry, what's the track title? Uh, get your freak on. Get your freak on. Thank yeah, you. Get your freak on. Uh, people search for that and they search get your freak on remix. Yep. Right. So if you can yeah. rank the top ones, it's all about SEO. It's all about clicks. It's all about getting found. If your t- if your song title was, you know, um, in the meadow, <laughs> fucking like no one's typing in in the meadow remix a lot of bees. That's not something a, a, an average person yeah. would type into Google. Exactly. Whereas if you're typing, freak typing on remix. get your freak on remix, boom, people a bunch of people type that in. So yep, that's that's what it's all about. Okay, this is now officially the longest ye fucking ha segment in in Coco Show history. We're gonna keep going. Uh, it's now my turn. Yeah, you go, <laughs> Dave. Ye fucking ha's and hyperfixations. So my fucking ha this week is that I'm going to Whistler Woo! this weekend, and I'm oh, very yeah. excited. Um, it's gonna be really fun. I haven't been in a really long time. I'm going with my friend Danny, uh, and I stayed. Is in Tech his... Daddy going? Yes. Fun. Yes. Uh, and yeah, we're gonna learn how to ski. Cute. Shoop shoop shoop. So that's gonna be fun. I snowboard, uh, but uh, since Austin doesn't know how to ski, and I want to learn how to ski. Uh, the, we're going to learn together so that we can both be buffoons down the mountain. And then uh, that kind of segues into my hyperfixation as well because the reason I want to pick up skiing is because I started skating this year or last year and I've heard that skating and skiing are very similar uh, emotionally. Uh, what's the word? Uh, kinetically? Emotionally? No, no. Kinetically. Ki- like mo- oh, motion. Like yeah. Uh, so that... Uh, oh, this is skiing. It's just yeah. like skating. I cry. <laughs> oh. he, looks so, he looks so cute. Uh, um, Tech Daddy and I went and watched David's first practice. He well, lo- hold on. I haven't even gotten there yet. So my current oh. hyperfixation <laughs> is uh, hockey. Uh, I had my first ever hockey class and it was so, so, so much fun. And I'm very excited to continue with that and improve. 
it's the what, what did I why did I write so shitty? Uh, but yeah, I'm just uh, I'm really excited about that. And Coco was saying, yeah, he looked so handsome and butch out there. And his little and his little stops were so good. Thank and, you. And he only and he only fell one time, but of course Austin I fell like four or five times. Well, there was one bad one, and Austin and I were both wa- clocked the whole thing. And at the same time, we both went, oh. <laughs> I think you're talking about when I was trying to get the puck yep. at the boards, and I just whiffed on the puck. You and were like, right in the corner. Ate shit. Yep. 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 yep bonk. Yep. You would have had a great view of that. So that tracks. <laughs> um. All right. Asher, you do it though. You got to do a. You got to do at least a couple of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? Trust me, I'm gonna do plenty more. It's your turn, uh, babe. That's the hope. It, so then you can fight. Um, that'll be the next thing, right? Because that's what they do in hockey is they fight. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the adult leagues uh, really do that, and I don't really want to be in a competitive enough league to be able to do that. Fair enough. Uh, and I don't think that if it's not professional, why should anybody be punching each other? Um, even they should probably. I'm not going to, no. I don't know, David. You seem like one of the punchiest people I know. (laughs) Yeah? Like, you think I would hit somebody? I've never hit somebody. I've been hit before. So. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the event thing? Yeah, when I got assaulted at uh, an event. Um, No, I think, like, I, in a sports setting, I could get riled up enough to the point where I fucking clock someone. Yeah, no, I could do it. Sports. Sports. I used to get real angry in soccer. I used to like take my rage out on my defenders and be like, I am going to destroy you. I was the defender. You are an evil person. And they weren't. They're good people. All of them. I'm so sorry. So sorry. I was just angry and in fourth grade and had a lot of. No, this went throughout high school. Oh, shit, girl. Indeed. I know. Well, that's like why you play sports to like get out any aggression that you may have. We all have some aggression. Well, it's like I mean, aggression is just a, a name that we put on it when we feel a certain way, mm-hmm. right? But it's like we all have energy that you got to get out, right? Like everybody's got a different amount of it. Everybody's got different ways that they need to get it out. And some of us, it you know, sometimes it feels good to do that in an aggressive, safe way. Yes. Um, I don't know if fighting in hockey is that, but like, you know, it's aggressive. Um, but you know, there's, there's ways. Um, <laughs> okay. Here's mine. I'll do mine now. Um, so my yeehaw is that. Ye uh, fucking, fucking ha. Ye fucking ha. Sorry. Well, okay. I'm so I'm going off of my notes app and I just, I was trying to remember what it was. So I wrote down yeehaw. And then for the other one, I wrote down hyperdrive cause I couldn't remember <laughs> what it was, but then you, but it's hyperfixation. <laughs> I, like, I love everyone. We are in little, hyperdrive. <laughs> I love everyone's um, renditions. I know. What was the other one? Um, ma- micro fixation. Macro fixation. Macro fixation. <laughs> micro fixation. Yeah. Anyway, I love my friends. So here's my ye fucking ha, right? So my ye fucking ha is that I cleaned my desktop. Ooh, right? Like your yeah. computer desktop? Yeah, like my computer desktop. And nice. I'm just going to I'm gonna minimize this real quick so I can count. It only has two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. 14. It only has 15 things on it right now. That's oh, gorgeous. God. I don't know how to make Zoom big again. Okay, hold on. You got, got this. We have faith oh, in nope. you. Oh, nope. Made it small. Er. Oh, all right. Sorry. Um, right. So if that's a if that's a good indicator, right? That's, you know, normally my desktop, like I, I use the strategy of like having groups of things sort of like overlap each other so that I know what goes together. Sure. Right. And then generally I just put everything on the desktop because it's just easier that way. Cause then I can see it all. Right. But 
and I've done this for, you know, a few years. I was pretty organized in college, like with my computer, but that's, but like, that was more the undiagnosed fucking shit, like running amok. And like, now that I'm like diagnosed and medicated, my natural tendencies come out and that's one of them. Right. So it's been that way for a few years and that's just how I do it. But now it's getting really crazy because of work and stuff. And I realized that that might not be the best strategy because my friend pointed that out to me. Um, mm-hmm. So I cleaned my desktop and I'm iffy on it, but it is nice. <laughs> There's not a lot of stuff on it. So that's my e-fucking-ha because, you know, generally it's tough. Like I have my other computer that I used up until like 2015 also on right now. And there's only five things on the desktop. Right. Good job. So, you know, mine looks like, like that too. I have like right? five folders and that's it. But, uh, yeah, you know, so we're, we're still 10 items off from that on this desktop, the main one, but we'll get there. So my fucking other one or my hyper fixation is, uh, CDs and like uh-huh. that kind of, that goes on and off. Like, I've always liked CDs. Like the the first format of music that I was given as a kid was tapes, but like CDs were cool because they came out, right? Yeah. And that was the first, you know, it was like, oh yeah, music is on tapes. We all know this, right? Mm-hmm. But then CDs were dope. And so I, you know, as a kid, I was like, I want CDs, I want a CD player. And so like every like three to five years, I'll really hit a CD kick. Um, and so, yeah, like last year, I think, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to make my house full of CDs, but I think last year I bought like 20 or 30 CDs. Oh, wow. And yeah, like I got three right here that I'm excited for. So that's definitely a hyper fixation if I've got them right here and I'm excited for them. Yeah, I love that. All right, y'all. Well, we are going to take a little dancey dance break because as you know, to physically move energy, you got to move your body. That's what they say, isn't it, Coco? Yes, it is. When we come back, we will be chatting with Asher Jordan about his life. You are listening to another mighty fine episode of The Coco Show. We are back in the Coco Show studios. Is that where we are? Yes. Sick. Yes, it is. We are back with Asher Jordan, dear friend of mine. Uh, we worked together at Supernova, so that is how we met. Uh, the first time I ever played there, Hanukkah last year, uh, uh, last so last December, which was a full year now. Um, literally, one of the most memorable pieces of that was like asher doing the lights that day honestly like i just remember thinking like holy shit this is incredible like the lighting that day and maybe now i'm just like a little numb to it but boy howdy was i just like in amazement of the fucking lights and how everything went with what i was doing and i felt like we were in sync and that was uh but that was just day one like that was like my first encounter with asher he ran lights and i dj'd it uh my first time and uh some shit yeah and then i mean now so and then just we talked about that earlier on the show uh but asher and i dropped our b2b that we recorded on new year's eve weekend um we will link that and we're gonna put that link in uh the podcast description yes (laughs) cool um bangers bangers on bangers i'm just trying to find my thing okay 
boom, most of that I said. All I just right. have to say so um you got started in entertainment on the acting side, correct? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yep, a long yeah. time ago. <laughs> yeah. So okay. t- talk to us a little bit about uh that. Like that transition. Uh well, I'm sorry. I gotta say y'all gotta warn people before you say it's a dance break. I thought we were about to have to stand up and dance, and that was gonna be part of it. Uh oh, that no. scared me. Uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll take my headphones out. I guess we're dancing on camera. Let's do this thing. Um, anyway, so yeah, no, when I was a kid, um, I got into acting. Um, and I was, I was into music too. Um, it's one of those things that my dad really, it was the only thing that my dad insisted on, like actually, uh, <laughs> didn't, didn't really care as long as I was playing an instrument or doing something musical, he was like, as long as you retain, keep doing that, you can do whatever. And then I started acting and I was like, oh, I like this a lot better. It's a lot more attention on just you. Uh, and it's like, you know, that's that that sounds goofy if you apply it to like a 25-year-old. But I was 10. Sure. Right? You know, and... Uh, and you but, went, you, you were, know, like, pretty seriously involved with acting, right? Like, you pretty were quick, professional. Pretty quick, yeah. I, I, you know, did, like, whatever, your school plays and stuff when I was, like, 10. Um, and uh, there's, you know, there's, there was, like, a, a cool teacher in my life that kind of took me aside uh, and was like, hey, you know, like, you, you were pretty good in that play, you know? Like, I'm just saying, like, you know, like, it, if you see other school plays, I don't know if you're interested, but you might be, you know like I, I just had a cool teacher who happened to say that to me and i was like that's a that's true that's a good point thanks right did some school plays got my first like really little you know like professional gig like a tiny you know seattle theater when i was 13 um you know and i but i just i really loved it um and i was i just knew i was really passionate about being creative and it was really amazing to put together just something that people came and sat down and saw. You know what I mean? That For was sure. the, what was really amazing to me about it, you know, because I had this, I felt the same when I was a kid sitting and watching plays as I did when I was being in them. You know, it's exciting, it's really cool. And it's cool to get to be part of that. You know, it's it's like you're part of the story. Well, and you meet the, I don't know, I definitely found my my crew once I started doing theater and all that. Like, I started, like, really kind of resonating and being attracted to those folks because, like, I, we all had a lot in common for some reason. It's mm-hmm. so hard to explain. I think neurodivergency well, has neurodivergence, a lot to do with Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. especially for neurodivergence, you know, like drama club. Huge. can be pretty safe um you know especially if you want you know it's like everybody they were has, safe spaces for yeah. sure yeah you know and it's also it's it's a way to express at least for me like you know it, it was a way that i could express myself and know that i was doing it right and not from like a self-critical point of view but from like a point of view like a neurodivergent point of view, like an autistic point of view. And, and, you know, especially as a young teenager feeling completely lost in terms of like understanding how to behave and how to like be normal, you know, yeah. you go be in drama club and it's like, well, you know, this isn't how you be in real life, but this is what you do. And this is how you act. And this is how you behave as this character. 
and you're doing it right, you know? And when it's like, did you get your ASD diagnosis? So my ASD diagnosis is to this day, like, I mean, I, it's not tentative, but it's like, it's, 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 it's an adult ASD diagnosis. So like many adult ASD diagnoses, it's very like, well, we're pretty sure, um, you know, and the, all the evidence points to this, but hard to really, hard to really assess, you know, because I, you know, I and many of us have spent the past 20 plus years learning how to act and exist wow. in the world in a non harm, you know, in a, in a way that doesn't harm us at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody goes through learning how to be and learning social conventions. Right. You know, um, but yeah, so, but I started seeking that in college because I was getting a minor in um, child and adolescent mental health uh, and uh, specifically like mental health and substance abuse. Um, and I was in like one of the big 101 lectures and the teacher, you know, where it's a lecture, 300 people, the teacher's doing the slideshow and talking about like the, one of the first benchmarks of ASD assessment, which is, um, which is uh, they'll show, they'll show you slides of just people's eyes, just people's eyes, right? Uh, because neurotypical people generally, we're, we're just talking about the bell curve here, right? But generally neurotypical people are able to identify what somebody is feeling from just their eyes, right? And he, you know, the teacher puts up the first slide and he goes, so what's this person feeling? And waves his hand to the whole lecture hall and, and all together 300 people said happy and I out loud said scared. Ooh, okay. Yeah, and I was like, hold the fuck on. <laughs> so then I sat there like this silent while he did the next ones, you know, he puts up the next one and I'm like, that person's for sure pissed. They're for sure pissed. And everyone goes sad. And then the next one, and I'm like, oh, that person's super happy. And everyone goes angry. And I'm like, wow. what is going on? Oh, goodness. So, yeah, so how, actually, how did the diagnosis change your, your perception of yourself? Oh, it was, it was eye-opening. Because I, I literally, after that lecture, went to that teacher. Because he was the head of the NYU child psychology department. Oh, wow. I was like, I'm just going to go ask this dude. <laughs> that's just what I... I'm, Autistic, you know, there's, I would argue that's another sign. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'll just go ask him. He'll know. Right. And I went up and asked him and he, he sat down and talked to me for about 15 minutes. Wow. Um, that's amazing. And then he was like, he was like, yeah, like put me in an email chain with your psychiatrist that you're seeing here right now. Cause I was seeing a psychiatrist there and, you know, basically made an appointment just for me to talk to that psychiatrist, just, just about that. And, you know, the psychiatrist was like, afterwards was like, do you have any friends who you know are diagnosed autistic? And I was like, a lot. And he was like, interesting. Yeah, that's another big indicator, right? And so he was like, you should ask them if they think you might be on the spectrum. Mm. Because apparently that's a, that's a fact. It's it's peer-supported right. autism or uh, ASD. Is they they that's a that that can be a helpful factor when assessing adults. And all my friends who I talked to were like, "Oh, Asher." They also this they were like, "Yeah, we." But you know, we had to wait for you to figure it out yourself. And it was really eye opening. Um, not in like a I know how to do everything now way, but it was like, "Oh shit, man. Okay, cool. Well, at least I have like a benchmark to explains kind of, a I lot." Was, 
I had a minor at, at that at this point in some of this stuff. So it was, you know, not everybody's going to have this experience, but I was quite literally able to tie it to like data and stuff that I had just learned about in college. For me specifically, incredibly helpful. <laughs> well, I think what's confusing too is there's just there's there's one perception of what ASD is and what that looks like, and I think we need to completely obliterate that yeah. ideology mm-hmm. because oh yeah because it's just like you know we were we were just I don't know conditioned when we were all younger to kind of perceive that oh that you know this is what that person looks like sounds like talks like acts like you know this is what they can do this is what they can't do whatever um but like i think yeah i really think that that conversation needs to change for sure and i think the other component to that is i think a lot of us when we think of a spectrum we think of like a rainbow right it's Mm -hmm. like somewhere from like here to here and if you're over here you like have you're really autistic but really it's a fucking circle that like pokes out a little bit at several different points depending on how you're you know i don't want to say symptomatic but like the things that make how it expresses yeah 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 Yeah. how your autism autisms i once tried to describe the spec the asd spectrum as uh as as a sphere yeah and then then somebody somebody i don't remember who it was i wish i could remember but was like or maybe a planet you know like rough and has depth and you know oceans and mountains and i was like yeah we're getting a little into it but that's a really apt uh you know that 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 one works big time so are you currently Um, uh in therapy right now not right now um my so like my journey continued after that um because not soon after college like like life uh, my life circumstances became really hardcore for a few years sure um and also as a result of my you know the mental illness that was you know because i was you know college is you know that age that that's also the final not one of the final big pushes chemically in your brain um you know which is still new ish in the realm of like the way we think about brain development in the grand scheme you know because we've thought about like kid infant puberty and all these things for decades but over the past couple of decades, they're like, nah, man, adulthood too. There's one that happens, right? Um, and, uh, you know, so those two things intersected and it resulted in me being in a really uh, hard place. So once I sort of fished myself out of that hard place with a lot of help and a lot of support from, you know, people in my chosen family, uh, you know, I was able to get back into psychiatry and therapy and did it pretty seriously for a couple of years because I really wanted to like nail down what, I was dealing with um, into adulthood as best I could, Uh, you know, and then, you know, we got to a point where they graduated me for the time, which was amazing. You know, it's uh, and it's not to say that there haven't been times that I would have been great to talk to a therapist, but it was also great to know that my team felt that I could handle those times and I have been able to, Um, and that was incredibly empowering, you know, so I'm not saying that you should get out of therapy. Anyone should, I'm not saying anyone, if they get graduated and they feel that's wrong, shouldn't like, you know, you need to, you need no opposite, right? If you feel you shouldn't be being graduated and your team does, you need to talk to them about that. And if, and they will likely be totally down to, you know, figure out, you know, how and what you think about it. But if it does feel right, 
that's that's awesome. And it was my first time having that experience. So that was really empowering too. That's cool. Awesome. What was the life lesson that Vincent Donofrio taught you? Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, um, that I guy. Tried, I tried. So just uh, to clarify, that's I've I've never I never got to work with him like in a performance capacity. God, that would have been unreal, right? Um, but uh, he, when I was in college studying acting, he came in and just worked with me and you know the twelve other people in our program for about a week. Um, and uh, you know, at the time, like I was a real dick to him, um, <laughs> like, because I was a punk, you know, um, and you know, like, like we talked about, like I started, I, I got my first gigs when I was a, a kid and I really fought and worked my way up in the, you know, professional theater scene way, you know, that existed in the city that I grew up in. So even though I was aware that I was still a small fry in New York and I had no accolades or credits or anything, I really did have a chip on my shoulder that there was no, I had no business having. Right. And, you know, it's more important to know that and learn from it than it is to have your ass kicked Mm -hmm. when that's the case. Right. Because you likely won't learn from getting your ass kicked. And that's the lesson that I learned from Vincent (laughs) D'Onofrio is that sometimes you need to just acknowledge what the hell is going on and that checking yourself isn't always a negative thing. Mm -hmm. Getting checked also isn't a negative thing all Mm. the time. Yeah. Mm. Both of those can be real positive learning experiences. It doesn't mean you might not feel anxiety or even bad after it, but like, nah, the, the dude saw right through the, the persona I was trying on and was still willing to meet me where I was at Mm. and talk to me like a human being. And that dude, is a is a friggin' world famous he's movie like actor. law and order criminal intent i mean it's like his movie career you know is is crazy you know the point is is it's like that dude that dude picks what he wants to do now you know what i mean he gets offered a contract and it's it, he gets to choose right that guy's acting chops are insane i acted like none of that mattered <laughs> and he was willing to still be like well hey here's some pointers wow. that's that's incredible right you know and that that I think about that shit a lot cool. because you know you got never be you're never too to good to, to help anyone. You're right. Period. And yeah. also, you never know what somebody's going through. Uh huh. Does it mean that you might not have to check them? Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you can meet somewhere and understand that it's going to be a positive experience. And like you know, hell, like that's that's cool, right? Well, and like. I, Every people are just people, yeah. You know, like celebrities are just. We're people. all just trying to be a goddamn yeah. person on this <laughs> stupid planet. <laughs> yeah, people are people. I have a question. Yeah. Do you consider yourself a self-aware person? Is that too- not at all. Okay. No, 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 not at all. Like uh, that doesn't mean that I don't. That I'm not self-aware plenty of the time. I strive to be. Okay. You know, and every fucking month every year i like to think that i get a little bit better at it but yeah no being self-aware is is is, lots of people it's like breathing you know you breathe you're self-aware for me it's 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 often an active thing that i have to engage with sure but you know i'm 30 i've been you know trying pretty hard for the past 15 ish years to start to be self-aware so 
you know, I've conditioned myself to be self-aware in plenty of environments and circumstances, but that doesn't mean that I can't enter one of those. And if the signal doesn't happen, I won't just walk in going, hey, Kenny, don't you think it's hilarious that that pickup truck was filled with beans? You know, it's it'll just, and we'll be in the laundromat. You know, it's, uh, so, yeah, no, no. That's on me yelling at Austin in the grocery store. Yeah, exactly. Not yelling at, but, like, saying like, weird things hey. across the way. <laughs> Dingleberg. I th- I feel were you posing that question as like to, are we all answering are we self aware Colette are you self aware I think that's a good question for everybody to go around and answer I I think I am self aware only because I was raised by parents that were not self aware at all and I was like kind of a, a survival mechanism mm. now mm. now more so because it's like okay I know and sorry mother if you're listening but um I I've learned Hi Grace we love you. Hi um I need to be aware at the, and it normally happens like as I'm talking like in the message a voice memo I sent you last night. Like I realized what I was saying as I was saying it. And then I'm like, you know what? Actually, this has nothing to do with anything. Really sorry I brought this up. Anyways, have a good night. Love ya. See you tomorrow. Um, <laughs> it's just like a lot of the time I say shit that I don't need to say, but sure. then I'll immediately go, whoops, sorry, uh, working on it. Yeah, I'm not aware until after. And then I'm like, oh. <laughs> so, so like, no, but also I catch it very quickly these mm-hmm. days. And then I feel like I'm the same way there. I feel like because of therapy, because every time, unfortunately for me, I go, I think, I think it's time for me to take a step back. Like, I think I'm doing really well. Then I go into therapy and I have like some like very vague thing that I say to Barb, my therapist, um, we dive into something and like we dissected something yesterday that I was like, I had no idea what that this is what this was about. And I feel like we never get into the weeds when it's like I'm constantly like being like, now I have this bomb in my life and now this is happening. Rah, rah, rah. So it's like almost like you do the heaviest work in the calmest seasons mm. therapy because hmm. it's like you get to unpack your little onion layers, if you will, metaphorically. Nice. Um, I dig that. I dig it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, so, yes, I'm self-aware, but only once it's too late. <laughs> yes. Self-aware, but getting there. Check. <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, so, Asher, how did you get connected with Supernova? Oh, well, that was – so that was kind of the – you know, one. it was, it was very much sort of like the – the you know the the end point for my last like therapy journey oh. was was quitting my job um because you know when you screw up your life for any reasons right you know and and you're in the pits you're gonna have to do some recovery for a few years mm-hmm. like you know financially mm-hmm. like and maybe you know your a resume of jobs so that you can like get a job and hold it down and pay your rent right you know, so it's like I, you know, I left doing anything artistic, like professionally at, at like age, like 23, 24, um, you know, I mean, little things here and there, you know, uh, to, cause otherwise I was, I was, I would actually freak out. Like there was a time when Kenny and I had a trivia show that we, you know, we kind of 
felt like, you know, the deal that we'd had could be made a little better. And it was maybe the time for that. And, but it, you know, we could kind of take it or leave it. And then like, after we had that conversation, I like called him freaking out. Cause I realized that if we, if we did leave it, I had nothing artistic to do and I was going to go insane. And I just, so, you know, little things, but like, I, I really just, I, I crashed and burned so hard that I was like, nah, you need to find a, a really consistent job, like a government job. You know, where you know that what days you work, you know what days you're off, you know what your vacation days are, you know what the sick policy is, you know what the pay is, and you don't have to think about it. And you just go, this is what we're doing now, right? And so I did that for like five years and I got to a point right before the pandemic hit, you know, with my partner where we would decided we were gonna do the thing that we had been planning to do for years, which was me move back and them come with me to move to New York. And we had plane tickets in the shopping cart. This was like a week before they closed everything for the pandemic. And we we just had this like gut feeling like, ah, these tickets will be here. Let's wait a few days, right? Like three days later, we were setting up that, you know, the next iteration of that trivia show at a different venue that we had a, we're doing it with. And then we got told, shut it down. Right. You know, so basically got back into therapy. Cause I was like, this can't, I can't, you know what I mean? Like I, I I've got a year. I'd like, you know what I mean? I was like, cause again, government job. I was like, we're all working from home now for the next year. You so the actually way I see got it, a government job. I, yeah, I did and during the, the pandemic that I'm not too. Specifying why is just because. Oh, she's a, asking like, did you work for the government? Um, the my the yes. The, I'm just uh, not. I'm, oh. The reason I'm not specifying why is just because. That's fine. It's, that's it's fine, uh, bro. You don't need to do you all know, that. You're fine. There's when, when you work for the government. I wasn't like a CIA agent. When you work for any branch of the government, there's not much you can fucking talk about because everybody's bound by like you know, whatever the equivalent of HIPAA is. Sure. You know, but for those jobs, so it's like, but yeah, like my employer was the, family. the, you know, Washington state, right? So supernova uh, was a, like a pandemic, uh, propellant after. Yeah. Well, that all makes well, sense. The club opened in 2021. Right, so supernova opened the, like right at, you know, basically like they were, they were building out through the pandemic, yeah. basically essentially waiting for when Washington state said it's safe to open and and we see a path to people staying open right mm -hmm. so that was happening unbeknownst to me i'm in therapy and you know I, like i was in psychiatry you know for a while leading up to that but then i got back into therapy because i was like i've got a year that i'm going to be able to stand left at this job because we're work from home now so at least there's that right and i can like make music and stuff in my off time easily sure. right so that'll keep me sane my partner and I had all this money saved up that we were going to use to move. Right. Okay. So all of these things basically coincided and we, you know, we got to the point, I got to the point with therapy where I was ready to quit and, you know, and I had started that process and blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, okay, we're not going to move back to New, to New York. There's nothing left for me there. Cause it's still the pandemic. We're going to take all our savings and we're both going to quit these jobs we hate and find new jobs and that we you know we did that we decided to do that and then a few days later i saw this club on instagram that was being built in soto so right? did were they already they were they already promoting on instagram before the club was built well you have to remember that the club was tied to a long stand you know like the longest running 
disco. Yeah, right. it used night to be studio in Seattle, 54. right? Sorry, so like seven when studio they, seven. Yeah. So when they, you know, when the pandemic happened, obviously that couldn't continue, right? Um, and so then they, it, once it was a go, and they knew they were going to open this club, you know, they were able to start talking about it to the crowd that they already had cultivated in you know, the community for the past five years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, or it might have been more, I don't actually know. Um, the point is, is, you know, so I saw that there was going to be this club opening. I was like, I wonder if they need people. The second I saw them start hiring, I hit them up and I was like, okay, I used to be, well, you know, I used to be kind of a weapon at some of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you guys down to give me a shot? Even though it's nothing of it is on my resume for the past five years. And the guy who was in charge um, at the time of the stage and tech department was like, yeah, let's let's see if you're a good fit. A couple of years later, now we're here. Cool. So, you know, that's that's kind of how it went down. Um, it well, really, I love that question. It, it's all it's all of a piece, you know, moral it's all of the one story thing. Shoot your fucking shot. Facts. Big facts. Shoot your shot. And also know when it's healthy to shoot your shot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. True that. How, okay. So are you constantly up until four or five in the morning and then do you sleep <laughs> Used <to> all be. <laughs> day? Not all the time. Uh, only on weekends. Um, and, you know, it's, it's the, the, the club is much more than a club. It's, it's very much like an immersive arts experience that is also a nightclub. Um, and so there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, both managerially. Is that a word? It can be. Managerially? Now. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So both that. Managerial also, wise? Yeah. Managerial-esque. Um, so there's a lot of that. And there's also a lot, you know, of like quite literal work that gets done, you know, like for our year anniversary, we brought in Molly Balloons. And I and a team of people worked so, with her. Oh, that's to, a person. I thought you meant that it's there a person. Were, I thought there, Sorry. there were balloons full of Molly. I was like, that sounds really expensive. No, no. Molly balloons in the same way that you're the Coco show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, co- maybe, maybe in Oregon or Portland. Classic but uh, that, is Coco. Not, that is not a thing. Uh, we do, Molly don't condone that. Something else. Uh, if you do try to bring a balloon filled with Molly, it will get confiscated. Um, just got to be completely I, transparent. Here. I don't I don't um, need that shit. <laughs> so don't do that. But um, the point is, no, Molly Balloons, incredible balloon installation designer. Um, and we in- had a installment, like an art installment of over 10,000 balloons was in the club that lived there, you know, with lights inside it and stuff. Um, if you want to see what it looked like, we that same night uh, for our anniversary, we shot um, a we shot like one of the sets that was performed by Natasha kitty cat, mm. um, for defected records. Um, and so that her f- set from that night went up onto YouTube. So if you go to the defected records, YouTube page or search Natasha kitty cat at supernova, you can find a video, not only to see what it's like in supernova for one of our installations, which are constantly rotating and changing. You know, we've done so many crazy things. We've brought a thousand, oh God, how much was it? We brought, an inordinate amount of sand in one I, time. I heard about that. Put up a volleyball court down the middle of yep. the club. 
I really uh, wanted to play that night, but I didn't get to. I, I oh, darn, yeah. that, was, that looks so our, fun. Our glitter bomb night has become kind of legendary oh. because we fill a kiddie pool with 50 pounds of glitter. Um, and that's just a thing. One time we filled a pool with high chews just to see if, just to see how many high chews we needed to fill into a pool. Um, and just, oh. <laughs> sorry, are we froze? That, that was the thing. the shit out of me. Sorry. <laughs> Why have you um, never invited me to one of these things? Okay. First of all, they're they all the time. Uh, next, the next public. month. All right. We have follow Supernova Seattle. <laughs> You can imagine what that's going to be like. Snowball? Um, but Snowball, yeah, it's happening. Oh, God. February Are you going to just um, constantly spray the soap foam? machine? Well, here's the thing. I'm not going to talk about what's going to be brought oh, in because it's a surprise. Uh -huh. But I will say that Tech Daddy's um, got a is, Tech Daddy. You know what I mean? It, it was just announced that Ski Tour is headlining that night. So nice. if you want to come to Snowball and also get to see Ski Tour, that's on the same night. Of that's that's all one thing. What so that's night exciting. is this? February seventeenth. Um, yeah, tickets are on sale now. <laughs> SuperNovaSeattle.com. The point is, though, is that we it's plug, it's, plug, plug, plug. it's pretty constant, right? Yeah. So yes, there's nights that I'm there all the way till four in the morning or later, depending on how much there is to do. But generally, you know, these days I'm kind of a, a you know a nine to five person, nice. um, along with another you know a couple other incredible people, um, you know, and we're all supported by amazing teams of staff um, at the stage and the bar and everywhere. Uh, you no, know, it's, that, that I love everyone at running. Supernova. It's been so much fun just working there, and oh my god, everyone's amazing. It's it's a really incredible space, um, and it's it's really been amazing to be a part of, and I'm really excited to continue to be a part of it. Um, but that's that's really that's really it. You know what I mean? I'm a part of it. Like yes, I do direct a lot of the bigger shows. Yes, I do have my hands on a lot of the keys and a lot of the buttons, a lot of the time. But like, but but you know, everybody on my team that works there. Bruno, Jade, everybody that, you know, steps onto that stage, all the DJs, you know, we all work together, right? It, it really is, a, a you know, it's a hundred percent collaborative. Um, you know, it's, and it, it, it really is when I say like immersive arts space, like it's, it's more than a nightclub and it runs that way. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's part nightclub, you know, part studio 54, part disco, part but it's family. also part sleep no more on Broadway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you, like there's stuff happening that you might see happen in that yeah. time and place that won't be happening at other times in the night and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, sure. you, like yeah. your experience, you know, when you walk into that space, is not just different night to night or you know theme to theme but it's literally different like depending on when you arrive and so true and and like where you choose to be That's throughout so the space cool. throughout the night so i cannot take any more you know i can't take credit for for more than i do you know it's it is a, it is a huge team effort to run that yeah. space it's a lot more than just grabbing you know a couple well, not the art everywhere to... too. Like the bathrooms. Like you just like. I hope you get a different stall every time because it's so cool what they've done in there and all over. I mean, it's all over the place in there. So yeah, you yeah. can. I mean, should... I, it's amazing. Uh, okay, I'm gonna ask you one last question. And oh my then, god, hit me. 
Um, do you think working in nightlife affects your mental health? Uh, like affects my mental health personally, yeah. or do I think it affects? How mental does health? it affect your you mental personally? Health? Yeah. Well, for me personally, this this really is where I thrive, right? Like I my my dad did what I do now until he was not much younger than I am now. You know, he already had they had, my parents had already had me. You know, they were, I was sitting in sound booths with soundproof headphones on being held by the sound operator while my dad played or my dad was the sound op and the light, you know, and while, you know, whoever played, right. It's like, I quite literally grew up in this environment and it really is where I function best. I'm not one of those people that can just do four hours of sleep a night, but I am one of those people that can just do like six. Right. And it's, it's, I'm happier that way, you know, like, yeah, it's stressful. Yeah. There's definitely a slightly higher propensity for people to be shitty to you Mm. because a there's alcohol involved, Mm -hmm. but not everybody drinks and not everybody acts the same way, but there's more drinking. So that exists. And also, you know, we're working with artists and, you know, you, you can think about it in terms of like, oh, there's divas. It sucks when you have to work with somebody who's blah, blah, blah. But, you know, and we all do hit that sometimes. But I really put a lot of effort into thinking of it in terms of, well, no, this person acted this way because they were here to be the star for a little while. Yeah. And whatever happened was hard and it didn't gel with what they wanted to happen and it doesn't you know you know you can't like yeah you can't like put hands on me or something you know what i mean like but you know there's yeah there might be a little higher propensity for that but it it really is what i what i love and you know i mean I, i i went to college for acting uh and i was really fortunate because of a lot of effort put in by a lot of people besides me to go to the school that I went to hmm. and, you know, like, you know, get, get the education that I did because, you know, the, the education that I got was much more than just how to act. Right. It was how to be a professional artist. It was how to get booked. It was how to book people. It was, it was learn. It was taking classes from lawyers about legal stuff. It was taking a, an anatomy course that you had to pass a test on so that you can then learn how to fake fight so that you don't hurt yourself or hurt other people. Hmm. Right. Like, and that, that was a huge gift to be able to get all of that education. Right. And cause like college is not accessible, especially the college, like NYU Mm -hmm. is, is, is probably one of the most inaccessible schools that there is to get to to go to. Um, And like, I got to go there because of effort put in by a lot of, fuck a, a huge number of people my parents i i did not come from a situation you know i was not somebody that nyu would typically say yeah no that seems great he'll pay us and stuff right so i t- i don't take that for granted right like there That's were times awesome. when i really fucking did but i do not anymore and all of that you know made me thrive in this but i would i just gotta say it, it it has working in the entertainment industry especially nightclubs and like nightlife music 
Yeah, no, that I would argue that it has a very high rate of wreaking havoc on your mental health if mm-hmm. you aren't the type of person yeah. who's crazy enough to fucking be like, give it to me, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not for everybody. It just happens to be for me. That's my really long answer. <laughs> um, last, last question before we bounce out here, and I do have a bumper underneath you. Well, I, I, uh, I want to. Oh, okay. Oops. Did you get to meet uh, Snoop in the green room? <laughs> um, I did not get to meet Snoop in the green room. And I have a cool video of it... you and him on stage, BT Dubs. Oh, I'm... of course you. I'm... Thank you. Um, and I'm and 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 as cool as it would be to meet Snoop in any capacity, I I'm I am in no way lying or embellishing when I say it was it was like more incredible to get to run to direct that, that show. show yeah and and then at the end when he turned and acknowledged me and each oh. one of my team Dope. just get, he took the time so yes. to make eye contact with each one of us Pulse and up. give us each a big smile oh. you know and he, like he you know he let us know that he was satisfied with the show and that means again of course I'd love to meet him he's Snoop Dogg right but that means and meant more to me yeah than than getting to meet than getting to meet anybody in the green room. My I want to do my job, which is to make sure that artist gets to put on a good show, and the people that came get to leave behind anything they want to leave behind when they walk into that space and enjoy what they're there to see. And that's that's more important to me. Amen to that. Well, look Asher, at me, <laughs> but I, I really fucking mean it, though. It's true. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on our show today. It was so great getting to talk to you. Yes. Thanks um, for having me. Yo, you'll be back. Absolutely. Colette, is there anything you wanted to say before we hop off here today? Yes. Uh, next week, we are finally chatting with a badass nurse, Bridget Karen, about her mental health and familial boy drama. I'm also cool. sad to report that no one has emailed me. They're ye fucking ha. Still, Dear you're listeners. sluffing, all of you. Dear listeners. There's many of you. What What was it, 10 people that we were their number one podcast? At least. You're not going to email me at thecocoshowpod at gmail.com. Just start saying names. Yeah. Yeah, you hear that, Eric? <laughs> and don't yeah. forget, you can buy merch and listen to all of our episodes at thecocoshow.com. And you can check us out on social at the Coco Show Pod. We will see you next, next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. See you later, Annika. 